Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Please subscribe, leave a review, comment, share, and consider supporting the podcast on Patreon, even at the producer and sponsorship levels. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Christine Hanna about what major tech employers are facing and the human capital management and timekeeping solutions to help. Christine Hanna, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Hi, John. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be with you today. You're joining us from Florida. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And today we're going to be talking about what major tech employers are facing and the human capital management and timekeeping solutions that can help with some of those challenges around the great resignation, the current tight labor market, and just the difficulties that everyone is facing trying to get good people to, to be with the organization so that we can continue to scale and grow and, and do really great things to bring value to consumers. As we get started, I wanted to share Christine's bio with everybody. For the past 18 years, Christine Hanna has consulted to and led major workforce management projects such as UKG, formerly known as Kronos, and Infor at large and small companies alike, working in every capacity from analyst to practice leader. Christine is CEO of her own independent workforce management consultancy, Workforce Transformation Group. Her clients include Nestle USA, Dr. Pepper, Snapple Group, Orange County, New York, Dallas Area Rapid Transit, Kellogg's, and PetSmart. Prior to starting her own firm, she worked for the Hackett Group as a time and attendance consultant manager, once again focused exclusively on assisting clients evaluate modern HCM solutions and implement their solution of choice. Christine utilizes her UKG specific subject matter expertise to guide potential partners on how to navigate within the UKG partnership, keeping a close eye on emerging UKG technology solutions, on growing and retaining exceptional talent, and on operational best practices. Wonderful background. Anything else you would like to share with listeners by way of your personal context or story before we launch on into the conversation further? Thank you. Yeah, my, my favorite story is, um, uh, is how I actually fell into time and attendance. It was purely by accident, as, as uh, is familiar, I'm sure, with a lot of your uh, listeners. Um, I was working for as a project manager for a major healthcare organization in Nashville, Tennessee. Didn't know anything about time and attendance or labor law. And on my first or second day, they actually showed me the system. And it really uh, just stimulated the logical part of my brain. Uh, they showed me one particular feature where if you just check this box, 
4,000 people suddenly get overtime after eight hours in a day? And she said, yes. And then if you uncheck the box, it goes away. And I just thought, I love this. What is this? I have to do this. And so for the last 18 years, I, I just fell in love with the technology behind solving that um, operational challenge of, of minimizing risk for both the employer and the employee um, and building trust within the organization on both sides. And that's, that's how I got into it. I've been doing it ever since. And I, I absolutely love it. It changes almost daily. And um, so if you sit next to me on an airplane and you ask me what I do for a living, you're going to get three hours of labor law and overtime rules. So yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. Fair warning. Yeah. And well, and the, the labor law component, which I want to dive into here in just a moment, uh, of course, is super, super important. And many, many organizations get into trouble. Uh, and I would assume most of the time it's unintentional. Um, exactly. They, they're just, they, they don't know what they don't know. They make a, a goof on how they calculate things. And, and pretty soon, you know, there's, there's an audit. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh my gosh, we're, we, we've been calculating whoops. things wrong and whoops, it's a big whoops and yeah. very expensive and yeah. all of that. So we'll talk more about that here in just a minute. Um, but also you talk about the technology side. And of course, that's been uh, changing. Uh, everything regarding technology and disruptive technologies yeah. is moving rapidly. Uh, and maybe we can start there. If you can tell us, you know, 18 years ago, as you get started in this space with Kronos, um, where things were then versus kind of how you've things, seen things evolve to where we are today? Oh, I, thank you for asking that question because I think it's such an important point to talk about the evolution and, and things happen so quickly now. Um, you know, 40 years ago when I got my first computer, uh, you know, I, I got to throw away my whiteout and it really improved my quality of life. Uh, and then it just, you know, snowballed from there as technology has evolved. It, it evolves more quickly now than it used to. And the same thing with, with the UKG solution back 18 years ago, it was green screen and it was a lot of, uh, you know, typing and programming. And, and uh, I like to say it was the bridesmaid and now it's the bride. Now it gets to put on the pretty dress and everybody loves it and everybody can use it and it's very user-friendly. So what we're seeing now is a shift uh, much like what we see in our everyday lives, you know, on a, on a personal level, um, a shift towards consumer-friendly, consumer-driven applications. So th the best organizations recognize that all things being equal, if you have a nurse who wants to work for this organization or this organization, and she has job offers for, from both organizations, well, where is he or she going to land? They may um, kind of overlook the salary if it's within a dollar or two per hour, or maybe they're both the same. Maybe the offers are exactly the same. But what that person will do is gravitate towards the organization that recognizes the importance of quality of life, employee self-service, trust, ease of use of the technology. And that's where they'll end up. And that's where they will stay. So you talk about employee retention, and hiring and attracting uh, the right workforce, that's very, very important. Um, it has to be as easy as ordering a pizza or getting something shipped you know, from, a, from a major retailer. It has to be that easy. So the best organizations recognize that and they deploy solutions that enable the employees to feel empowered and in control and trust that what they're seeing is correct. 
Yeah. And th- that adds a level of, of transparency and openness, doesn't it? Because yeah. now I don't have to go through, through a, a intermediary to, right. in, in this case, we're talking specifically about time uh, keeping and, and such, you know, I don't have to c- count on my supervisor keeping accurate track of, yeah. of my time. I control that and I can see exactly yeah. what I'm doing. Right. I remember years ago, this was probably mid nineties. I was working construction and the way my time was kept was the foreman just kept wrote a tally. He mm-hmm. just wrote it down. I, I never even saw what he wrote down. He just wrote <laughs> it down and then I would get a check, you know, That's and I have no, I, yeah, I have no idea if, if it was even remotely accurate, you know, yeah. like I had it in my head, I kind of had roughly what I thought I should get paid. Uh, but then you take out taxes and everything. And I'm like, oh, uh, like, that seems, I guess? yeah, I guess exactly. And then I remember, so that was, that was mid nineties, uh, late nineties. I was working in a factory and I had the old school, like punch card, punch, punch in, in, punch out. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, I've, I've, I've been there to the point where you start to have like, you, you, there's a keypad and you, you type in a number to, to, to yeah. key in. And now it's just so much easier. Um, now, you know, there's touch screens where you can go in and clock in, there's apps where you can do it. Yeah. You know, all of that just, it improves that customer experience. Like you were saying, and in this case, the customer is your employee <laughs> who needs exactly. to be, a, who needs to be able to have easy access where they can go and they can look at their time. They can request time off. They can request shifts off. They can put in vacation time. What, you know, all that stuff that's exactly. just self, self-service, easy to see and easy to navigate. Yeah. And I love that you say that because we say that all the time. Uh, and a lot of these organizations, they put the onus and the ownership, you know, who owns the app on IT. And in some cases, IT doesn't see the end users as their internal customer sometimes. And that can be a struggle when, when we're talking about trying to get them to have a little bit of a mind shift and you know, ease of use is important. And what they're doing is that they're making an attempt to protect the organization. And I respect that. So they're, they're, what they think they're doing is minimizing risk by not allowing an employee to clock in using their mobile device. Their, their IT brain says, well, maybe they can clock in from their hot tub and that's a risk to the, to the organization because we're going to overpay. Um, we're not going to allow that. So what my job is, 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 you know, part of it is to actually build the system and configure it, make sure that it's correct, but also to kind of sell the soft sell of, of um, you know, why you need to empower the employees to do a lot of this stuff themselves, trust them. I mean, if you're, if you're in a hospital organization, we've, you know, on the other side of COVID, these people are saving lives every day. I'm pretty sure we can trust them to be able to swap shifts, you know, let them, let them do it. Of, of course, put the parameters around things such as mobile punching, you know, the geofencing, make sure that you're 10 feet within a door of this geolocation. We can do that. But what it does is, as you said, it empowers the employee. The employee doesn't have to ask. They don't have to walk a half a mile to a clock and punch in. They don't even have to think about it. So it's very, very important that organizations kind of have that mind shift to empower the employees to do uh, what they need to do and and what they want to do with the application. Yeah. and, And maybe we can talk for just a minute about the technology and how it might be utilized in different size businesses. Um, because, you know, any company of, of size 
is going to have formal systems. But again, mm-hmm. like when I was working construction, you know, it was, it was informal, small, small crew, the foreman just tracked everything in a notebook, right. like literally. And I, I, I would imagine now with all the technology available, it should be very easy for any company, even if they only have like five employees to use the same type of an approach. But I would imagine yeah. that there are many small businesses that still just keep track in a notebook or something. They, they yeah, they, um, I think they, they don't even shop. They don't even look at it because they think it's not affordable. And, and what these organizations have done, these solution providers, is they, they recognize the fact that if you do have five employees or 55 employees, it's still just as important for them to get it right as it is for somebody with 55,000 employees. So they've, they've made the licensing agreements easy to figure out. Um, they're very cut and dry and it's very affordable now. And so scalable, that's an important right? point. And scalable. Yes. Yeah. Great point. Yeah. So for anyone listening, if you happen to be, you know, a leader of a smaller team in a smaller organization, don't think that this is only for the big corporations. This is for everybody. Uh, The benefits are for everybody. And you can get started now if you're not already using some form of technology to assist to make sure this is clear, transparent, um, and and that it, it just cuts out so much of the challenges and problems around time. And with that, I want to segue into the employment and labor law um, component of this discussion, because again, one of the major reasons why complaints end up coming against companies, um, or because, uh, or the reason for audits and such is, is not malicious intent. I don't think it's simply Correct. not having good systems in place, not calculating things correctly inadvertently. And, th- but you're still held responsible to comply with the, right. the labor law. So maybe give us the quick rundown on some of those things that we need to consider, especially in relation to overtime laws and and some of those sorts of things. Sure, and it's important to note that these uh, legislative rulings and and court cases, they are coming at us rapid fire. I mean, they change almost daily. And then of course, during COVID, we saw a lot of states um, pass urgent laws that retroactively allotted additional sick time for certain employees and certain organizations. And so we had to kind of scramble and go in and configure the system to grant those hours for those employees, determine who they are, determine how the data gets in there, um, how it's tracked. And, and so we had to make a lot of rapid changes for a lot of organizations and that's what we do. And you know, those of us who eat and sleep and breathe this stuff, love that stuff. So it changes all the time. So if you like change, this is a business for you. It's really fun. Um, so it's important to get it right. Um, so we have to, in addition to knowing how to configure the system, we have to kind of be on the front end of what's coming down the pipe. Um, one of the most interesting uh, projects that I was on was for a, um, a company that develops uh, green fiber, um, drywall, and those kinds of materials. And they ship them all over the country. So they have drivers that are that need to comply with and adhere to the Department of Transportation labor laws. So there are mandatory rest breaks and things like that. So the cool thing what they did was they integrated their timekeeping system with their trucks. And somehow when they clock out for a break, it shuts off the engine. So they cannot drive and say, I'm on break. And that, you know, try and be nice and drive, you know, work when they're really off the clock. 
So, so what they, they learned to do and they got really good at was pulling over and then clocking out so that they were truly on a break for 30 minutes. They couldn't clock back in until those 30 minutes were up. Um, so it's things like that that are, you know, I'm, one of my attempts here is to kind of awaken creativity on your listener side. Like, well, what could we do that's kind of way out of the box like that? Well, how can we leverage the technology to take the burden off of our humans so that they can pay attention to things like evaluating union contracts to make sure um, that when they're up for renewal, we have eyeballs on them instead of trying to run around and approve time off requests. Let the system handle that as much as you can, automate it as much as you can. But that was a really cool uh, feature that they, they showed us how it worked with the, the old legacy system that they were upgrading. Uh, and I just thought that was fascinating and just really cool. Check out my new book, The Future Leader, Creating and Transforming Next-Gen Organizations. Stemming from two decades of professional experience and over 600 in-depth interviews with executives, thought leaders, and scholars from across the globe, The Future Leader will help you explore the ordinary, everyday actions that will help you to prepare to lead in the future of work, to respond to an uncertain future, and to produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Academy. Courses, micro-credentials, and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. All HCI Academy courses, micro-credentials, and certificates are designed, developed, and delivered by award-winning and internationally renowned scholars, educators, thought leaders, executives, and practitioners. Our courses, micro-credentials, and certificates will help you make your mark on the future of work and make an immediate impact in your organizations. Check out the HCI Academy and our many course offerings and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us. Yeah, that that really is a great example. And and how about uh, exempt versus non-exempt employees, especially when you're when you're um, looking at breaks and break time, and then how that goes into calculating total time and overtime. I know many companies have gotten into trouble just because of that calculation uh, right. in the past. And mis, uh, miscategorizing certain employees. So, you know, these employees, they want to make them exempt. But in reality, if you talk to the EEOC, um, they'll say, nope, that should be a non-exempt employee for these reasons. So they shift them to a non-exempt employee. Um, and then, of course, the labor laws, as you mentioned, are, are different from state to state. Uh, I remember Nevada used to have a 24-hour overtime rule that said if you clock in, and then out for the end of your shift, and then you clock back in within 24 hours of your previous clock in, that entire shift is paid at overtime. So 
employers obviously wanted to kind of minimize that. Um, so they have rounding rules. You know, you're scheduled to start at 7 a.m. You can't clock in at 6.58 and expect that this whole shift is going to be paid at overtime. They don't allow it. Um, so again, using the technology to regulate and, and cut down on some of the, um, the overtime abuse. Um, but then if you've got California. Um, and California is, is always the thorn in my side in terms of configuration. I know what the law is, but sometimes I, depending upon the policy at the organization, they want to be super duper over compliant. So their meal breaks are much tighter and the reporting requirements are much more stringent and detailed. And so sometimes, you know, it might take me a few hours to get it right, but I always, I can make it happen, whatever they need to do, I can make it happen. But but California meal breaks are, um, uh, it, it, it's almost famous. I mean, it's like, oh yeah, California, California meal breaks. So, you know, again, mandatory breaks, the organization must provide a 30 minute break if the shift is five hours or longer. But it, when we talk about rulings, back in the day when that first came about, um, the employers were actually forced to force the employee to take the break. There was no waiver. There was no ability for the employee to say, well, I came back five minutes early because I got bored because uh, I want to leave five minutes early today. It wasn't allowed. And then as that kind of wrung itself out and organizations said, hey, this is a little unreasonable, uh, new rulings came about and said, okay, well, you must provide the opportunity for the break within these, this hour and this hour. Uh, if you decide to come back voluntarily, then that's voluntary. So now you have things like attestation. I came back early because it was voluntary. So the meal is not paid. Or I came back because my supervisor asked me to come back early. Now that break is paid. Um, so California is, is definitely um, uh, always, um, I burned a few extra calories just configuring the California meal breaks from project to project. Yeah, California is always a fun challenge when it comes to employment and labor law, yes. isn't it? Um, yes. yes, absolutely. So I, I guess the, the main story here for anyone listening, of course, compliance with employment and labor law is important. The technology can assist you uh, yes. in in automating things in a way that, that in, both empowers your people to take ownership over their own uh, processes, their own timekeeping and such mm -hmm. in this case, um, while also making sure that you're, you're, you are compliant and that you're tracking things accurately and that you're calculating things accurately. So, so the, the technology really is a huge benefit that way. Uh, and yet, again, many organizations still are kind of old school in, in their approach. And perhaps they just think they're not large enough to really get into the this space and, and to adopt technologies. Uh, maybe they struggle, maybe leadership in an organization struggles with that trust issue that I, you were mentioning yeah. earlier. And they, they just don't feel like they just feel like they're going to get taken advantage of by their people. Um, can you speak to that a little bit and, and perhaps safeguards yeah. that you can put in place that, that protects the liability and, and uh, the interests of, of both employees and employer? Yes, I, and I again leaning on the technology plant uh, in that regard. Um, many of these organizations, these solution providers, provide these solutions in the cloud. And old school, you had a big giant server, and you had a 
you know, a backup server and everything was in-house behind your firewall. Um, and a lot of organizations said, we don't, we don't trust the cloud. We don't want our stuff out there. Um, so we're going to keep it in-house. And what we've seen is in the past, um, some of these organizations get hacked or they have some cyber attack. And I had one organization, they lost like three and a half years worth of timekeeping data. It was just obliterated. You know, it was one of those, the, you know, send us 500 million Bitcoin and we'll unlock your server kind of thing. So then they went to the cloud. And then you have other instances, instances where the cloud application can be vulnerable depending upon who's hosting it. Um, so my recommendation is always to keep a local server as a backup, always back. If you're in the cloud, that's your best bet because those organizations control uh, testing uh, new features that are rolled out, new service packs, things like that. They're responsible for testing it, getting it right. When it's right, then they deploy it to your production server. So you don't have to do that. Your IT department is not burdened with doing that, but you know, nothing's perfect. So I always recommend having a local backup server, back up your instance, so in case in the very, very rare event that your cloud tenant is hacked, you have a backup and you can, as soon as they deploy a new one, you can power it back up and you're good to go. And you haven't lost any data. And again, we go back to trust, then the organization and your employees trust that um, what they're seeing is correct and they're gonna get paid according to what they actually worked and what they earned. Yeah, excellent. And, and so you mentioned movement to the cloud. I think that's one big transition we've seen over the yeah. last decade or so. Um, what are some of the other trends, the upcoming trends that you see that, you know, where are we going to be in five years when it comes to some of these types of solutions? Um, I, think, I think one important thing that, that I find really fascinating is authentication of the employee. So, so there's this, this dance that's happening now where where the employee is concerned about privacy and the employer is concerned about making it as easy as possible to use the system because they want everyone to use the system for obvious reasons. So, you know, my technology brain goes into an organization and I say, just let them clock in with their mobile device. And I was talking to one of the union uh, stewards and she said, well, our employees uh, under our collective bargaining agreement, do not want that. And I thought, well, why not? I thought, I thought, you know, you don't have to clock in at a clock. You can clock in from the parking lot. Isn't that great? And she said, no, we have a concern about privacy. We don't want location services being turned on. And then we thought, oh, I guess people, I hadn't thought about it that way. So we made a recommendation. Can you just enable location services while the app is on? and then disable when the app is not on, you know, I only sh share my location while I'm using the app. And so that's what they agreed to. But it didn't even occur to me that privacy with a timekeeping app would even be a, a thing until it, was, until it was brought up. I thought, well, what's private about clocking in and clocking out? And they right. said, nothing except, you know, <laughs> are you tracking us when we're at the casino, you know, on our lunch right. break? I mean, it's none of your business. So, yeah, um, I, so I was doing, me. yeah, I was doing some consulting work at a, a company uh, here a couple months ago, and it's it's becoming more common. Like they had their building mm -hmm. access right; it was through apps. Uh, and right. so when you when you have to, instead of like a key card or something, you just you just have your app, and then when you approach the door, it, it recognizes you, it unlocks, yeah. you can go in. Um, I was talking to some of the 
some of the employees and it was, it was kind of funny, you know, some of them were like, yeah, whatever, no, no big deal. You know, every, if anyone wants to spy on me, they can't already anyways, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's um, the way I feel. That's kind of how I feel too. But, um, but you know, some of them were like, yeah, every day I download the app right when I get to work. And, and then when I'm done with work, I delete it. And they do that every day <laughs> because, wow. they don't, because they're worried about being okay. tracked. And, yeah, and yeah. so, yeah, that's, it's a very real concern and, you know, perhaps it's indicative of other broader cultural components of that organization mm-hmm. and the trust issues. Yeah. Um, so I mean, we can't we fix can, everything. Yeah. So anyways, it, it's, it's super interesting and no doubt, just like we've seen things change dramatically over the last 20 plus years, especially the last decade, yeah. uh, we're going to mm-hmm. continue to see things change in this regard in the next five plus years both from a, an employment and labor law standpoint, from a technology standpoint. And the best thing we can do is just to try, try to stay on top of it, utilize the best yeah. systems available. Uh, and that's going to make everyone's lives easier. Yeah, it's fun. It really is. It changes every day. And if you love change, this is this is a place to be. And I, I think one last thing I, I did want to mention is that um, I'm a big fan of, of both UKG and Infor because what they do is they, they not only ask their customers, you know, well, what do you want to see next? They actually involve their customers in developing future releases. Uh, I was um, uh, at a conference a couple of years ago at a healthcare conference, and the Cleveland Clinic was uh, on the panel, and they had talked about, you know, the typical questions like, well, what did you do to solve, what were some of your operational challenges, and how did the UKG solution help resolve those? And so, you know, they answered a few of those questions, but they really wanted to tell their audience how important it was for them to be asked by UKG to be involved in the development of advanced nurse scheduling and better employee self-service and um, workforce planning and automation around that. And so Cleveland Clinic was very um, happy to be involved in that process. And so what they did was they, they ended up developing a solution that solved problems for all sorts of healthcare organizations around the world. And um, during COVID, a lot of that stuff kicked in and it was, it was great to have it. Um, I'm, I'm not sure what would have happened with some of these organizations if they weren't able to schedule on the fly with some of these events. You know, we've got patients overflowing in the parking garage. Your scheduling system better be able to keep up. And, and because of their involvement and uh, development over the last 10 years, these scheduling systems were able to keep up and handle um, just the chaos that happened over the last two years. So I think it's important to note that if you are a customer, get involved. Um, You know, it's, it's okay to submit ideas and suggestions, but if you really want to be involved, they love that. They will invite you to come participate and help them see around those corners because we're technology people. We're not nurses and physicians and CNAs. We don't know what you care about. So that's why it's important for you to come in and tell us what we should care about. Yeah, so that's, yeah. that's, that's what I'll leave you with. I, I just, I think that's fabulous. Wonderful. Thank you, Christine. It's been a pleasure. Uh, before we close, I just wanted to give you a chance to also share with listeners how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, uh, and then we'll wrap up. Sure. Uh, available 24-7 because I, like I said, I wake up in the middle of the night and I say, aha, that's how I'm going to do that. Um, you can reach me at uh, C-H-A-N-N-A at consultingsolutions.com. I am the Workforce Management Practice Director at CSI uh, here in Jacksonville. And um, 
you can reach me at that email address or uh, consulting solutions. And uh, I'm on the website. Wonderful. Thank you, Christine. It's been a pleasure. I encourage pleasure. listeners. Yeah, I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Christine can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Bluer than indigo leadership the journey of becoming a truly remarkable leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. If you think about the color indigo, it is a brilliant, deep, and vibrant blue, what some would call the bluest of blues. To have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable. Contrary to popular myth, there is no one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to effective leadership. There is no silver bullet, no secret sauce, no go-to model that will solve all of your problems. The truth is, great leaders have all had their unique strengths and flaws and have all had to discover and then pave their own distinctive path in their life's journey to fulfill their leadership potential. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership will help you discover your own path and explore those ordinary, everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. alchemy of truly remarkable leadership, ordinary everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years with increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition. The average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Please subscribe, leave a review, comment, share, and consider supporting the podcast on Patreon even at the producer and sponsorship levels. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.